What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mission 3 Podcast. It's your host, Corey, Elijah, Vex, and KJ. And we're here with the very first broadcast, the very first mission, I should say. Um, Today, we're going to be covering a few things. Current TV shows we're watching, VR gaming thoughts, and, of course, the PS4 Pro. But before we get into that, let me go ahead and introduce my co-host. Let's start with Vex. Vex, what's going on tonight, man? Chilling, chilling. How y'all doing? Good, good, good. And KJ, how you feeling, man? Feeling good, man. How's everybody doing tonight? Pretty good, right. pretty good. Yes, sir. All right. Before we get into this, I do want to let everybody out there know Mission 3 is the premier, premier, may I add, premier location for real talk and gaming news. Uh, We're going to be doing this podcast every once in a while here, so stay tuned. Uh, It's going to be great. You can find this up on iTunes as well as SoundCloud, so make sure you find us there. Subscribe and follow us there. Make sure you give the broadcast a thumbs up. Uh, As well as PlayLegit.net. That's the hub for all all things gaming and real talk. Uh, So it's going to be a great show here. Make sure you guys subscribe to us everywhere and rock with us because we're going to be talking about all different types of stuff every week. So uh, we have a few missions every episode. We're going to have three objectives. We'll tackle those three objectives as long as we get through them all soundly, flawlessly. Our mission will be complete at the end. Sounds good. So the first objective, guys, uh, we got to tackle current shows we're watching. Uh, So I'll let either one of you guys start off. I'll join in when I see where I see fit. I'll jump in real quick. I just want to say, man, I'm the type of guy that really does not support movies being made into TV shows. It's just because I've seen so many bad ones. Mm -hmm. But I think now it's starting to come around like that show Westworld on HBO is incredible, man. That is just a really good show. I haven't seen it. I've heard nothing but good things about it, but I haven't had an opportunity to see it. But literally, I would say about 50 to 70% of the people at my job are either talking about it or telling me about it. I think it fills a, it fills a hole because HBO had, a, I believe they had Deadwood. So people, you know, missing that Western. So not only you're getting that, but you're also getting the sci-fi avenue, you know, because it's a lot of, you know, the robots happening. And, you know, there's elements from the movie. I actually have the original movie with Yul Brenner in it. So I've actually seen that. And just to see, like, they, they of course, change things. But then there's certain things that if you've seen the movie, only the people who have seen it will probably appreciate. All right. Yeah, I heard uh, I heard some pretty good stuff about it as well. Uh, a lot of people were saying it was HBO shot at... Uh, actually having something after game of thrones ends because it was looking like you know what were they gonna do but from what i'm hearing westworld is looking like it's that show yeah and then uh the other one that i mean in this one really surprised me man i i went into it like man what am i doing i'm gonna do this for damon wayans because damon wayans is that one wayans brother don't you say it he usually he picks good stuff are you about to say what I think you're about to I'm say? I'm about to say it, man. Lethal Weapon is a good show, man. Oh. I'm serious. Have I been sleeping on it, man? Because I definitely... Yeah, I've been sleeping on it, man. Now, it's not going to give you the depth like Westworld or something like that, but it's just a f- entertaining show uh, that they, they they captured the magic, I believe, of of the movies 
there's some real chemistry between uh, Murtaugh and Riggs. Uh, Clayne Crawford plays Riggs, and then I had never seen this actor before, but he does a really good job of playing Riggs, and the, the wow. two of them really mesh, man. I'm pretty happy with it's, the show. It's the OG characters, but it's portrayed by, of course, more current, younger actors, but I figured they were just calling it Lethal Weapon and doing that kind of relationship with new characters. So this is literally prequel-esque, I guess, like a prequel type. No, it's it, it's a retelling of of the originals. It's I wouldn't call it a prequel. Okay. Well, that's interesting. But it still if it, it still feels like it feels like a lethal weapon type you know thing. Like you're not going to replace Danny Glover or Mel Gibson, but it's no, still no. you know. So it's. No. So it's not the same characters. It's, it's different characters with different names and everything. It's just lethal, lethal weapon esque. No, no, they're they're playing the same characters. Oh, and and everything, yeah. Ooh. And they pull it off. Yeah. That was they they did, man. The, I'll give it a shot, man. That was really that was really my whole thing. I was like lethal weapon, but how are they gonna do lethal weapon with Damon Wayans and it be the same people? Right. Just the you you know because Danny Glover Danny Glover is he can be funny like uh, but you know the the humor is just is different so I don't know I'll give it a shot man yeah but if you like I say like Damon Wayans he's that one Wayans brother that he pretty much does good stuff if you think about it. like my mm -hmm. wife and kids was solid major pain Great. you know what I mean like he he's not like Marlon Marlon will <laughs> act in anything <laughs> so. <laughs> My concern with chemistry, but you're telling me that apart from it having good writing, the chemistry's there and everything else should pretty much, if they keep up the same formula, have longevity? I think so, man. Like that, like that's the that's the selling point right there, if anything else, is that chemistry that the two characters have. And I like that they carried over elements from the original Lethal Weapon, how Riggs, you know, he was dealing with that loss, and he just didn't care whether he lived or died. So he's constantly doing things on the edge. And so that plays a big part into this series as well. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to throw in a side mission real quick. Uh, how many, and I, I want this to be for every show that we bring up, right? Uh, how many seasons do you think it'll last for? Hmm. So Westworld and then Lethal Weapon. Then we'll go into Vexus. Westworld, I would say five. Just and that's not because of ratings. It's just because HBO will just end shows just because they have told the story they wanted to tell, not necessarily because it sucked or nothing like that. Mm -hmm. And then I think I actually would say six for Lethal Weapon because I say so. Six <laughs> seasons. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> What are you watching now, Vex? Uh, not a lot of time. I work in retail, so we're prepping for the holidays. So when I do have time, it's either the game or watch Atlanta. I'm all done with it now. And I got to say, going in, I didn't have an expectation of it. Mm. So I was more so intrigued by just how they got into it. Just immediately in the first episode by the time you finish it you're like i kind of want to know more about each of these characters because it didn't feel like they were written 
it feel like these guys emulated someone they knew that was that character in their personal life and it felt sincere so that's what i really liked about the show but then as you watch more of the show and <laughs> it gets more elaborate and more layers you start to figure out the genius behind the way everything was put together oh yeah it was it was organic mm-hmm. but also very methodical it, it's kind of hard to find a word to articulate to really express how by the time i thought i saw the last episode i thought to myself and to answer your question like i really don't know how long this series will last because how do you top something like that the next season so i would prefer if like they did something solid maybe five four years and closed it well then like what some series that i used to like once it hits a certain peak it just starts devaluing the series itself because they're just doing it to do it you know what i mean right right i I definitely agree man so i think i think the show is is great atlanta is right now it's it's in my top in my top as well um top three um 10 season uh 10 episodes went by really really quick in my opinion just because every episode i i feel it was perfect the way they structured it especially especially in the age of 45 minute to an hour long shows how they come out with a solid 26 minutes um, mm-hmm. beginning to end non-stop laughs, non-stop chemistry. Uh, I like how you also said each character is it feels natural um, and I was actually just watching an interview, uh, Lakeith uh, I forget the the character, the character's name not Paperboy, not Earn but Paperboy's yeah. homie the guy. Yeah, who, I know what you're talking about Yeah, uh, he's, he's yeah, he said basically he was at a club. Donald walked into him at the club, said he wanted him on the show, and then literally like a couple days went by. He did an audition, found out he got the part at 10 o'clock at night and had to be there to shoot at 5 in the morning. So Get he out. didn't even have time to really develop a character. So oh my goodness. So it's like... And I feel it was the same way with all of them, where they kind of just were, they let their chemistry and them just being together kind of, you know, create the characters themselves. I'm sure they had some sort of overlay, but Donald Glover is a genius, man. It's crazy. And I don't want to, I'm not the type of guy that just, you know, calls people geniuses out of the woodworks. But um, he definitely, from all, everything he's done as just a creative. Yeah. I, I just knew when he first started talking about the show, I was like, I know it's going to be something that we don't expect, but I know it's going to be great. And every episode is different. Every episode is real. Uh, and every episode is hilarious. Yeah, because there's characters on there that, you know, in situations that's happened that are definitely relatable to me. Mm-hmm. Or stuff I know that happened to people. And, I mean, that, it's, it's a reason why after the third episode aired, they already ordered a whole nother season of it fx knows what they have and we're talking emmy quality here Mm, multiple awards it is on that level guys if you haven't seen the show yet you need to do that i don't care what you look like who you are you need to see atlanta it's so real the soundtrack the characters everything about it the shots everything about it the dude the 
the club promoter, yo. That was great. This guy, <laughs> he's like, all right, what are, what are you drinking? Are you trying to get me for everything? Ern, Ern takes the shot as he puts the shot up. This guy leans against the wall, pulls the fire switch, and the wall turns around. And this cat, did, like, dude, this, I legitimately, I was laughing for 10 minutes. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop laughing because it's so, it, it's so realistic, though, man. Like, I, yeah, I used absolutely. to do shows. I used to try to get money from promoters, and it's just like they traduck and dodge you every single time bro and it was just it's just so real to the team and i'm glad you said that it's so real because if you if you read the show on paper what they discuss mm. like even as as you break into the the following episodes where they they touch on some real touchy shit, and you break down what's going down the way they present it with the comedy it creates a thought process that the way it delivers that particular thought or how they approach what's going on doesn't seem as brunt, but it gets you thinking about the issues, but they do it so seamless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just uh, Mont Montague. Mm -hmm. Transracial when the whole and that that it, that itself that entire episode itself where it went outside of the box of what you thought the show was. And it spent the entire the entire episode just as as the Black American Network as, with commercials and everything. Yeah, <laughs> and so well put together. I was watching. I was like, "Is this a commercial or is this the show?" And then it just got more into it. I was like, "Oh, this is a this is the show." I was like, oh, "It was just the way it was just presented. It was like this is an actual network. These are actual commercials. They even had like." The <laughs> every every everything about it was just great uh honestly yes emmy worthy um this show has to win awards um yeah most definitely thinking about the show has me cracking up yeah <laughs> the, the man on the uh the hover what they call oh my god like those hover scooters or whatever and you didn't you, you didn't know he was on it till they zoomed out on the camera and he rolled around <laughs> 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 that killed me so much. What killed me is a, when they were showing the cat in the club episode where he was leaning next to an invisible car. I'm like, man, like, <laughs> like you go into that thinking, man, this dude's fronting. Like, I know a lot of dudes that front on, on like social media. And then at the end of the episode, when the people are getting hit by the invisible <laughs> car, dog, do you know how many times I rewound that and watched it? Because I couldn't believe how stupid that. It was that like, was. I was like, oh, he really does have an invisible car. <laughs> oh man, uh, it's balling, man. Yeah, it's cheap. Like it's great. It's TV. Yeah, that, um, that's that's one of the top shows right now, man. FX, yeah, FX, they do a great job. Um, yeah, they do a great, great job. Um, for me, when it comes down to TV, um, I don't really. I don't really watch many shows, but the shows I watch, um, you know, of course we talked about Atlanta. Of course, there's the unforgiving, you know, the un unmistaken shows, the shows that are, you know, you watch all the time, Family Guy, stuff like that. But South Park, things of that nature. But shows I really, really, really have enjoyed, I've been enjoying recently. Um, I'm gonna have to go with The Flash. 
uh, just because I'm huge, huge, huge on the on the uh, Flare Overs, yes, I think they call it in the CW. Uh, and with the Flash, I'll even roll in Legends of Tomorrow with that because people sleep heavy on Legends of Tomorrow, and I like I'm that show a whole that. lot. Um, Flash, of course, just because of it, it's Barry Allen. It brings in the science. It brings in the humor. Out of all the shows in the Flare Overs, uh, I think it has the cast has the best chemistry. Uh, the the cast has the best, best acting too. The best yes. acting, the most range. Um, so many so many times have they had to play, um, you know, alternatives of themselves. Even right now, uh, we have the guy that plays uh, Harrison Wells playing a third character, a third version of Harrison Wells, and it's just. Uh, it's just fantastic. I'm never disappointed. Uh, the storyline, the writing team for for the Flash is just just great. Greg Berlanti, the executive producer, he's just you know he does a great job with all of the shows, uh, and it just keeps me interested. And every week, I'm just like looking forward to see how they can push it forward and keep the storyline progressing. Uh, it takes so much from the comics and everything too. There's so many Easter eggs every episode. They always pay homage to other to other like pop culture things like Harry Potter and a bunch of other cool stuff. So it's kind of cool to just be yeah, able Cisco to saying stuff. Yeah, Cisco's always always with the wit, always naming meta humans. Is like it's just overall it's a great show. I I definitely love it. And a lot of people it relates to a lot of people too. It's kind of crazy like I I work uh sales, retail sales. And uh even I'll have like kids come in and I'll like I'll be working with like clients or whatever trying to get them hooked up with tablets or whatever. Uh and I'll just be talking to the kids and we'll be talking about the flash and it's just like a way to help them calm <laughs> down cool. the kids and stuff. It's just like it's cool, man. I've talked to kids that want to be molecular engineers uh just because they watch the flash. And, hmm. and it's That's like dope. It, it's cool to see like, you know, just the sh a show I love and a show that you know, so many people love. It's helping, you know, actually push things forward and actually getting people interested in different things. Like, I, I've had random conversations with, about theories of time travel just because I'm talking about the Flash. You know, it's just, it's, it's just crazy. You know, how many, how many shows actually get you talking about things like that? Things you wouldn't talk about on, you know, a, a regular basis. So, I definitely love that. The other thing I would like to add in about the Flash that I appreciate and why I think it's better than the other CW heroes things they got going on is the callbacks, the callbacks to the original Flash show from the '90s. There are a lot that are in that. They even and have I, John like, Wesley Ship in the show. Yeah, as the Flash from Earth Earth Three. That's had, ridiculous. They had Dr. McGee in, in the original show. They brought her back again mm -hmm. in a similar role in the new show. I mean, they didn't have to do that. They didn't have to get Mark Hamill playing as a trickster in both shows, but they did do that. And it's like going that extra mile, man. Like, that's one of the reasons why I like Flash the most out of those. Yeah, they they pay homage to everyone. It's, it's crazy. Um, it is really, like, you wouldn't expect it. Um, and I think that's why it's so successful because it literally it parallels with so many people. You know, there's people that are that watch the original Flash back in the early '90s that probably are watching this show, kind of comparing it to that other show, even though the show is clearly, clearly way better. But you know, it's it's still kind of you know 
helps people time travel, you know? And it's crazy because that's what the show is all about. So I think, I personally feel like The Flash, I mean, Arrow has five seasons now. They sign on to a five-season contract. Um, I think it'll make it the five seasons. It could, they could probably more than likely stretch it out past the five seasons. I don't know if I would want them to do that. I'll kind of, I would rather want to see where they're at. Um, around, you know, once they get to season five right now, I'm thinking they could probably end Arrow after the season. Uh, just cause this season Isn't this is... this season five or? This is season five right here. They're, they're yeah. rolling into the hundredth episode, so it's going into syndication. I think I watched Arrow on USA randomly one time, so it's on <laughs> the good network. Hit TNT. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's, it's out there, so, um, that might be done. It kind of it's kind of sad though because I really like the crossovers and this year's crossover is supposed to be huge. Um, yeah. So we'll see what's going on with that. Um, and then the other show that I watch, um, of course, it's got to be AMC's The Walking Dead. Oh yeah, man. That I've, I've been liking this season, man. I've been pretty happy with it so far. Mm, yeah. This uh, season. This yeah. I'm. There's been ups, there's been downs, and when it comes down to the, you know, this our side mission here, how many seasons this show might go out to, honestly, man, they could probably get another seven seasons out of The Walking Dead. It's gonna oh, be like Supernatural. Broken. It just will non-stop. Non-stop. It's Walking Dead forever. Just like yeah. how they say, uh, It's Always Sunny's gonna be forever walking dead is going to be because legitimately like it doesn't have to end it doesn't matter there's only three original main characters left so i mean and the beauty of that show is the the biggest thing that draws people back is not even caring about what caused the breakout is there a cure are they looking for a facility it's just meeting new characters and seeing how they react to there being no law mm. being anarchy and that's what makes that show what it is. It's just intriguing to see how they can write in characters, how they react to a society with no supervision, essentially. It's kind of like a Lord of the Flies, in a sense. Expand mm. now, especially with this season with Negan, this is a completely different twist. Uh, it's kind of showing you how, um, you know, tyranny can roll in at any moment and lock and you down, man. <laughs> Jeffrey so, Dean Morgan is holding it down. Whoa. I will say that. I hate him, but yeah. I love him, man. That's how he is in the books, man. That's how Negan's supposed to be. So it's cool that they the they team. got somebody like that. Are we shitting our pants yet? <laughs> <laughs> so crazy, man. It's just like, man, you are such a pos, but I can't can't not. But he's that dude. Yeah, though. it's just. It's just... <laughs> It's crazy, man. It is definitely madness, but it, it's great. And now, did you see the? Have you seen the last episode, episode three? I, I did, yes. Okay, so this is gonna be uh, brief spoilers. They torture Daryl, and it's crazy, but it's brilliant. And I, I'm pretty sure someone that made a song in like the 50s is probably rich again because everybody went and downloaded that song because literally <laughs> that we had to, we had to hear easy street again 
before it lit, like before we went crazy. It's like I need to hear it one more time so I can get out of my head. Otherwise, it's been it's stuck just... in my head, man, all week. <laughs> Not my easy street. And the thing is, too, I, I'm work, I work retail also, and a lot of stores I go to, they play the same music over and over again. So it just reminds me of working in retail, hearing the same song over and over again. So it's like, oh my goodness, man. It's like, now take your dog food sandwich. Yeah. It's mad, madness. Yeah, that's that, that's that surf life, man. Yeah, it's, it, it's crazy, but um, Walking Dead, man. It's a great show, and right when you thought, right when you thought it was like, oh, okay, this show, it's done for. There's nothing that they can do to revive the show. Season six was okay, the best part, you know, they had us in trance when Glenn was saved by a dumpster somehow, um, but yeah, right. but they started off this season like, yeah, yeah, we're, so we're doing this now, so all that other all that other stuff that's that's not happening anymore we're smashing heads now and showing you it hey vex are you caught up buddy uh yeah absolutely and that's one of the reasons i had swayed off from watching the show because i i had this thought because i I read the graphic novel as well Mm. that i was like man they're playing it too safe they playing it too safe and with this season it seems like they're like you know what we made you exhale only to punch you in the stomach and i like that because that's what you get out of the novel like that sense of like anything can happen anyone can go there's no this one's surviving because he's you know romantically involved with the other one none of that there's no lovey-dovey it's all out survival and that's what i like that they bring it to the table that's what attracted me to that world that whole ideology behind let let's not chase a cure let's not figure out how this all started let's just see how people react to this anarchy and if they continue to do that i mean they have a fan in me for a long period of time but uh what i used to tell chris is whenever i'd lose kind of like the enthusiasm for the show I'd stop watching it for a minute and just go back to the graphic novels. But it seems like now, with the way they're writing Negan, and they got everything coming into play, they're taking more risk being on a network and pushing the envelope as to how graphic they can present that world, which is what makes it attractive. Like, what are people willing to do to survive, or not even survive, I guess keep themselves entertained in the world where you're not restrained by the laws that they had before, so that's why I kind of I'm, hope that it lasts a long time. To be honest with you, man, that, yeah, it was nasty what Negan did, but I've already, they already did it for me with the cannibals and eating a man's oh, leg. Yeah. Like, that was so foul, bro. Like, that, so I, this wasn't as bad to me. Bob was. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> The, the thing about uh, this Negan thing, though, what's what separates it to me um, is that this everything that Negan did, it wasn't about how gruesome it really was. It was how it psychologically affected you, you know, yeah, right. and, and it, it's so intense, especially in that first episode. It's so intense how he was psychologically breaking Rick. It was breaking the audience while it was breaking Rick. Now, when right. it, 
by the time it got to the part where he had Carl down on the ground and he was gonna have Carl chop his arm off, I was done. I was like, dude, like, what else are y'all about to do? Like, like, yeah. why, why is this not over yet? Like, I thought it was over when you, like, I was expecting one person to get their head smashed. It's like, okay, whatever. And it's like, all right, two people get their head smashed. Then you throw Rick out with a bunch of zombies uh, so he can't see anything. I'm like, dude, now Rick's about to die. And then it's like, and now you want to chop off Carl's arm. Like, by that point, I was just, I was done. Like, I was broken. Like, I could barely watch the screen as, as someone that's not even participating in this this fake realm. You know, it's just it's, it's so so well put together. Greg Nicotero did a great job with the with the walkers as well as He kills uh, it. Yeah, as as always. He I just uh just realized he did some work in the last Spider Man, the Toby Maguire Spider Man movie that was on at my job today. Saw him in the credits. I was like, Oh, Greg Nicotero, that's what's up. Yeah, he gets around man. Yeah, getting that paper, man. Yes sir. Wait, he so, Toby Maguire did a Spider Man movie? Well, we don't really talk about that anymore, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to get beat up by y'all, but I like I like the first two. No, the, no, fir get beat up by the first two weren't bad. It was the third one that was on in my job. Though. I was yeah. like, ah, that is not hey. Venom. Yeah, they ruined that, man. That's a whole other podcast there. They <laughs> ripped apart that movie, man. Ooh. All right, so I think uh, we've made it successfully through the first uh, the first objective. Now we're gonna have to move on to our second objective, and that is going to be the the PS4 Pro. What do you guys feel about the PS4 Pro? Um. It's difficult. Like, I approach it from two perspectives. Like, the gaming enthusiast and then also being in sales, like, the overall value of it, right? So, if you're a gamer and you want 4K gaming, mm -hmm. man, pull the trigger, right? You know, even if, like, let's say there's not a, a catalog of actual 4K rendered games right now, 4K upscale, it, it looks nice, right? Mm -hmm. Without getting into the semantics of, like, you know... TV refresh time and and online response times with controllers, just overall enjoying the, let's say, campaign experience. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal, right? I think there's a value to it. Um, there's different philosophies for gamers, man. Some, some folks are granted the luxury to play all the time, but for me, having one system already and not really getting to, you know, get down with it as much, based on time restraints because I'm working. It won't be a smart move for me, but I like it from a, a technological point of view. But then again, there's the conflict when I think of it like from a sales value. You guys invented the medium, but you guys don't let it play Blu-ray movies, like Blu-ray 4K movies. That seems a little off to me, you know, and that's what makes it unattractive to me. So I'm I'm on the fence. Like I really want to play Uncharted. Haven't had a chance to do it. He's in a pickle right now. Yeah, and I really want to, but I get the feeling that somewhere down the line, a year from now, man, we might get the true 4K Uncharted, not just the upscaled. And 
that'll probably have a better value for me at that time. I have a 4K TV right now, and I don't even game on it because the games I do play, I do play online a lot, and I want that response time to be there, and I want the game to be rendered in 4K, not just upscale. That's why I haven't even updated to the Xbox S. But so far as gaming, the Pro does it. So I'm just gonna wait from my personal perspective for a year from now to see, you know, where the bundles are, where the pricing is, because to be honest, you know, I want <laughs> I want for everything that that technology is coming with and what you can attach, which we'll be discussing later with the VR, I want a better price point because of the amount of time I personally will be able to invest in it. I just look at it like if I'm going to drop this much money, I don't want it just sitting there and I play maybe one or two games. I want the library to pick up a little more, which they do got games in coming. And that's when I'll be able to really feel like, hey, I dropped this money and got every penny out of it. Just being, you know, frugal and whatnot. But I do respect the technology. I've seen it in action. It looks stupendous, even upscale. It looks phenomenal. I've seen, uh, I've seen gaming look like, you know, sometimes not up to, but similar to the caliber of some of my friends' gaming PCs. And with not even having to invest as much and i think that's great that gaming is getting there i applaud it i definitely agree um i'm still on the fence as well with the ps4 pro uh i definitely would love to utilize uh my 4k tv that i have as well but literally i just i just use that for you know, uh, watching TV, I have a few 4K channels on my Direct TV that I get to utilize it, uh, utilize it with. Um, I would love for the PS4 Pro to actually play 4K Blu-rays, but we're not going to be able to do that. Uh, just the upscaling. So me personally, I, I as well have probably uh, I'm on the fence where I'm more than likely going to wait uh, before I grab it. Um, you know, that's call it being frugal or whatnot but i mean why waste the money especially you know right. like you're saying you know we're all we're all grown adults here we got jobs you know this is america things aren't free we got to be able to pay for these types of things so that means we got to have jobs and work and if i you know am i if i'm away at work doing my job and i'm not going to really have that many hours to put in is it really worth it for me to upgrade my ps4 while i already have a ps4 is it why would i spend another four hundred dollars just to upscale something where it's not going to give me more access to other things like being able to actually even play 4k blu-rays things of that nature so let me ask y'all something i do not have a 4k tv mm -hmm. Should I get this? What kind of TV do you have now? I have a Samsung 1080p. So I would say, like I always ask my clients, right? It comes down to your lifestyle. Are you the type of person that'll sit there and buy a Blu-ray, right? Not just the collector's edition, but a regular Blu-ray because you like opening the package, going into the bonus features. Uh, for your favorite movies, do you sit there and buy the Blu-ray because you know you're going to watch it again and, and you love to maximize the picture quality. Yeah. See, that's, that's what that technology is for. Or if you're buying a big TV and you want to retain the sharpness because let's be honest, that's what 4K is for. You have four pixels 
where there was one so at the end of the day it's really a lifestyle question do you see yourself you know investing into the technology like buying the 4k blu-ray or going to amazon and renting the 4k or going to netflix and paying the two additional dollars a month to stream you know 4k daredevil and whatever other documentaries they have luke cage luke cage so it's it's a lifestyle question and i always ask that to my clients it has to be something that's important to you uh, some people just want to do it because they want, you know, their sports to look sharper when they go up to like a, a 70, 75 inch. So it's it's really up to you and your lifestyle. It doesn't mean that when you buy a 4K TV, you have to go and sell all your Blu-rays and try to find the, the, the 4K version because the upscaling is great. But is it up to 4K quality? No, but it does improve it, especially if you're a video file sitting there looking at the quality so it has to be something to where your lifestyle is invet- invested into that in order to really kind of see the point of it because i've had tvs returned where you know it's older folks maybe late 50s you know they have the money for it they invest into the technology and they're like i just really don't see the difference because the salesperson didn't really ask those important questions mm-hmm. whether you know is this something that you know you're <laughs> You're probably going to be, rent, you know, do you even own Blu-rays? You know, some of these folks don't even, they, they still rock in the DVD player. Right. So it's a lifestyle question. Like, do you, do you own a lot of Blu-rays? Do you, you know, think about picture quality? Is it important to you? Do you like, you know, do you sit there and calibrate your TV with, with its own settings to try to get it to look just right? So these, these are the things to think about when investing into a 4K they're not as expensive as they used to, but let's be honest, we have bills, we're adults, and dropping anything over 900 on a TV is, is a serious life decision, so. Oh, yeah. Well, I was gonna say this, what, another thing that I did like about the PlayStation uh, 4 Pro and a lot of these 4, 4K systems is that it's gonna make loading times a lot faster. And I've been noticing a lot of games lately, the loading times are starting to get really long. Um, uh, like, that rigs like my review should be coming out tonight too for rigs mechanized combat it's a playstation vr game where you're controlling a mech suit and oh that i gotta tell you wow i didn't even know that was out that sounds lit wow it's it's (laughs) one of the best vr games out right now um but man the load times on on that are painful i mean they they are excruciating it's real bad I had to really deduct because of that. And I'm just thinking if I was to get, you know, that pro, maybe I wouldn't have to really worry about that. You know, processing wise, perhaps maybe it's, you know, it's going to come down to how much effect it has on whatever game based on how that reacts to whatever the developer coded the information on there to facilitate the process. I I think it comes down to a lot of factors. It'd be facetious to say it just expedites everything, but that's what I'm hoping. You know, I'm not a developer. It might, it might not. Cause that's what I was thinking. Like if I get this system, would it make everything just super fast? But you're telling me it might be just key games where it does that. Perhaps, Mm. perhaps, Mm. you know, the, the, the thing, the thing with with this technology and where we're going now and what i want to see is down the line you know is this 
what our future is now? You know, are we gonna get like uh? Cause we saw this happen back in the days with the with the 360. Remember we went and then got the elite and they added the HDMI out. Like, are we just gonna start instead of getting like full blown console releases, these updates? Cause I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. You know I miss midnight releases of like games and and consoles because it, it this thing is a culture to us. Like we like it. It's a lifestyle, and everything going digital now and things like that. Like take away from it a little bit like even where i work at now i kind of wish they had like a midnight release of the pro and you know even though i'm not getting it i get excited for people getting it so when i see my clients and they come back and i'm like yo how was it tell me i ask those questions how many games you get like did, did it load this fast and whatnot because i want i want to i want to be able to answer that question for you if you ever pose it to me like hey you heard anything about right yeah the pro you know helping out other games and who knows like from what i know now i got a homeboy that says it, it looks really clean it looks sharper but he didn't notice anything where he was like mind blown but he he said he liked the investment he made and he's one of those folks like i described before where he's invested into the tech he's you know he's on the on the sales floor with me he he knows how to be able to spot the difference between good and bad contrast ratio. He sits there and looks up calibrations for his TV. So it's, like I said, it's to each his own. They're going to react different. But I think people like ourselves that are gamers and constantly look at a screen will probably be more prone to enjoy it and see the effects of it. Speed-wise, I couldn't tell. But visually, I could tell you that there will be some effects. So. Yeah, and I noticed uh, some companies are going back and adding support. Like Shadow of Mordor has PS4 Pro support now, and I really like that game. So nice. that would be an incentive to go back if they keep updating, you know, adding to the catalog. That could be a reason to get a Pro as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I definitely have been looking into it. Um, I still am on the fence though, just because I want to see a little bit more into it. I want to see if it helps uh, help with performance and things of that nature too. If it does help boost performance, less glitching, things things like that, that definitely will be um, that definitely will be a deciding factor for finish completing the purchase. Just because let's I mean let's be honest, guys. There has been a lot of a lot of glitching and things like that going on yeah. with these these next gen systems, um, and it might have to do uh, do with just the performance level of of the systems, uh, you know, just not being up to par. So maybe with these slight enhances, it'll run everything a lot smoother, and we can get the the quality gaming that we've been, you know, expecting out of these next gen consoles. You know what I miss? Like coming home from a midnight, popping the game in and playing. Whoa. Ooh, tell me about it. You remember that? The, tell like, me about it. Now it's like you sit there and you install and it's like three hours later. And it has nothing to do with your connection. Like I have Comcast and I'm still sitting there going, what is the deal? And then you like, got work in two hours. Yeah, I'm like, yo, <laughs> what? You know, you're killing the whole vibe. So if it, if it does help with that, man, perfect. Because yeah. I'd like to come home and play a game once I cop it instead of just sitting there waiting for 
you know, it's like, all it's right, like well, pumping gas. I'm going to go to sleep and wake up in the morning and play for 15 minutes before I have to go to work, I guess. Yeah, that, maybe. Maybe. Ho hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> From a business perspective, I look at it like with these new consoles, it's like if we woke up tomorrow in a world where we're paying $10 a gallon for gas, but the pump takes like 45 minutes to fill your tank. So, oh, that's wow. You have to get up earlier to go to work. Like this is what's happening if you look at it from like that, that perspective. Yeah. Just like that, like we're having a lot more time to just basically install the game so we could play it. Right. Just to play. and pay more, but we're paying more for the console. So, hopefully, yeah, man. Hopefully, this pro, I pop in Uncharted and it's like, bam, you. Two minutes and then I could play. That'd be great. That's why I was I was so um, intrigued by the by the Scorpio, just because it just seems like they're like, okay, well we're gonna make this, we're gonna put overkill in this, and this should just this should be fine. Like we shouldn't have to worry about anything else. Uh, that's why I personally I don't even have an Xbox One just because I'm holding off for that next year. Just because if I if I have the opportunity to purchase something that has the top specs, I just want to wait for that. That's the type of consumer I am. Like if they would have announced the PS4 Pro at the same time the PS4 came out, even if it would have been like two to three hundred dollars more. I would have went the, with the pro model just to know that I had, you yeah. know, something yeah. that will last me. You know, what are right. we? What are we? What three years in? Four years in? Ish. Yeah. Yeah, almost four. And it's already time for upgrades. You know, like back in the PS2 days, what PS2 ran ten strong. Yeah, you had your slim, but I mean, it was just for size. It wasn't really. It did, yeah, it didn't change. It wasn't okay. The slim's better. The the slim gives you better graphics. Oh, the slim's gonna run higher quality games. No, it was just a slimmer PlayStation because technology advanced to the point where they could use less material. Yeah. Yeah. So, hope, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, PS4 Pro, especially like you were saying, this is going to segue, segue us into our uh, final objective here. Uh, PlayStation VR. Um, the PlayStation the PlayStation 4 Pro may be needed to really feel the full potential of the VR. Um, I personally haven't... Um, I haven't even played the PlayStation VR yet, personally. Uh, I don't even, I don't know anyone that lives in my area that even has one right now. Uh, I'm sure that they'll, they'll be more abundant. I'm possibly thinking of picking one up for myself. Uh, but it's, it's that price tag on that as well that kind of, that gets you like, oh man, so it's like, how much money do you want me to spend, Sony? Um, and then I need games that are running 60 a pop without season passes. So, I mean, <laughs> it's got to, it's, I kind of feel like, um, and I mean, I like P PlayStation VR and I definitely want to, you know, I want to dive deep into this, but I, I, I just want to throw in, I feel like we're being held by our ankles and, uh, 
having all the change shaken out of our pockets. Basically, they're trying to get people, trying to swoop up families for the holiday season. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why it's priced the way it is, I believe. And I think probably next year you'll probably see what it's supposed to cost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's what they're going to do, man. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's pretty useful. I've I've tried it out. Uh, like I told KJ, you know, I'm not gonna knock the technology. I see what they're doing. I applaud it. That's definitely something where I see the whole industry probably ending up in in the next couple. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, but my thing is, is they're trying to monetize something that I feel right now is too early to even be released because there's man let's be real gamers we're picky man and if we're gonna drop this yeah if we're gonna drop that much money on it and if i move my head too fast and it has the effect that it has it's gonna take you out of the experience especially when we're especially how we had the conversation before we're viewing some of this stuff so graphically enhanced on these 4k panels and what have you you know that's gonna feel like a step down graphically Mm. what i think they need to focus on since that's gonna be a step down graphically anyways is the type of gameplay and i feel like the gameplay for those particular systems aren't you know they haven't had the time with the tech yet to take it to the next level i feel there are some really good opportunities there Mm. where there'll be some great platforming or uh, you know, Fallout type games on there, but at at the spot where it's at now, where some games are not even four hours long, and for what you're asking for for the system, for the headset, for the game itself, it's just not really worth it right now for me personally. With yeah. with the bills I have, my lifestyle. Even if I was rich, let's say hypothetically, I won the lotto. I think I would still hold off on it just due to the fact that, uh, like I said, we're we're the gamer is a very different type of consumer. We're very picky, and it has to be something to where they would have to have a niche to get me. So I'm a big Halo guy. If they did something with Halo, that's it. I'm done, right? Because that's like my arrow to the knee. That's my weakness. Mm. But if it's something where, even like with Batman. Like, KJ knows I, I love Batman. And that still isn't enough for me, given the length of that particular game itself. And At least that one is only $20. Yeah. Yeah. So, $20. You know, there's... I mean... There's some room. And then you get into peripherals and attachments. And then you're looking at this thing like, shoot, I could just get another system. Right. Right? Yeah, I mean that was that's real. Like that we're gamers, we want to play it all. I feel like it was personally just a it's it's twenty sixteen, we're in the VR push. You know, Samsung Absolutely. VR, Oculus Rift, uh they got the Microsoft is coming with the HoloLens soon. I feel like Sony was just like, Whoa, we need a VR. We, everybody has VR. We got to put out a VR. Let's put it out before Microsoft because we have to be before Microsoft. Yeah. So let's, let's push it out. And it's just, yeah, I, I don't feel the specs are what I would personally want to see. Like, 
I don't know. Like I like I I haven't personally used it, so I'm not necessarily I haven't had the hands eye hands on, you know, use of actually seeing the display inside of it. I'm sure it's not an OLED display inside of the inside of the VR helmet though, right? Am I Nah the the that would that would probably sell me. And that <laughs> it be an OLED would probably make it way more expensive considering Right. LG has the patent for that. Right. So so it's Yeah, that would be great. So it's like so it's that's my whole thing. So I know there's no way that the display is going to be at the level where I would like it to be. So I mean, there's it's just you know what what am i gonna do other than just wait you know right yeah i played it man um i have to say i enjoyed that game rigs that i play like the gameplay itself and but i could see some people will probably will get sick like physically sick because of like motion motion sickness i heard a, i read a couple reviews where the people like had to stop for a little bit because they got sick by the game. Now this didn't happen to me, but you know that, that's an issue. You know they they selling some four hundred dollar machine, and it's getting people sick. I mean, you know that's <laughs> that's an issue for me. But uh, mm. you know with rigs, when you're shooting, you move your head around to aim. And that sounds crazy, doesn't it? But it actually worked out pretty well in the game, and I, that's probably the one title that impressed me the most. Either that or Battlezone. Any of those games where you're inside of a some type of machine really impressed me uh, more than the other games because hey, it's just it's just another level of immersion. And I think if they can expand on games like that, uh, you, you might have something there. Nice. That's one thing that I have noticed. I have uh, messed with the Oculus. I've, I've messed around with the uh, Samsung VR as well. And one thing I did notice was the immersion. It does you do feel as if you are in this in a virtual reality setting. Uh, you feel like you're in that in you know in that false reality, which is cool. It's a great it's great how they have the feeling in there. It's just I've yet to to see a display personally that keeps me in it. You know, um, yeah. And especially um, especially just having the screen so close. If it's not as vibrant, things like that, it, it, at least from the ones that I have personally used, it kind of strained my eyes a little bit. It's also hard for me to wear like glasses with it on, so it's, it might just be my, you know, my personal. I think with everything we have available within the next coming year, what have you, you know, it makes it difficult to drop that much money on that because it's either for me I have an Xbox one so it's either get a PlayStation 4 or Pro or get the Nintendo switch or or what or get the PlayStation and the VR and not get a, a Nintendo switch too so it's like what do I do and that switch is looking lovely well, the thing that I like about all three right now is that, you know, we were getting to the point where there was no difference between P4 
PS4, Xbox One, and PC, aside from, you know, a little bit better graphics on PC. But now, the way that they're coming out, with, you know, PlayStation's got the VR. We know Microsoft is coming out with the HoloLens, and Nintendo's doing their own thing with the Switch. Those are three different ways that you're going to play. And I think that's really good for gaming as a whole, because you're going to get unique games on each one of these platforms. Because it was, it was starting to get boring if every system has the same game. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. I think that's true. Yeah, it does make you look uh, look forward to the future, you know. Just because everything is everything's changing, everything's developing, and people are going in different directions, but they're they're good directions. So I'd like to see the PlayStation VR. Um, I'd like to see it two to three years out. See where it's at there. That would be very interesting. I think if more developers took risk all across the board, whether it's with whatever Microsoft's got going on with with their headset or or their goggles or whatever, with Nintendo Switch and with Sony VR, instead of taking shots at each other and competing on the same platform with each other, just provide a different service. Man, I think it'll be great. I'm not really a big fan of the Switch too much, but what I do like is how they they have you playing 2K out in public. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, like, if I'm at work and someone's talking smack, we could put it to the test now. Like, I got the Switch. If I got it in the car, yeah, let's go have a match during lunch. You Y'all just smack. drop it on the break room, both of you. Like, Bro, that's <laughs> it. It's touching over. We're going to go at it. So I like that aspect. With the VR, let's say hypothetically, man, you get a, uh, a indie developer, or, or let's say one of the big boys, hey, and makes a, a Fallout esque, or let's say Bethesda makes a Fallout version of the VR where, you know, they master the movement. It's not juddery. Ridiculous. That that it'll sell itself. And then let's say they figure out with Microsoft a way to implement that to a game somehow. Like Minority Report, where you have the HUD in front of you, but you still utilize the TV and implement both mm. as a form of getting see, burned. It'd I'm be a great. little more interested in that in AR than I am in VR because VR, I got this thing on my head, and I don't know what's going on in the outside world when this thing is on my head. Right. Okay. I don't know who's kicking in my door. Well, they ain't gonna do that, but you know what I'm saying. Swat. And I'm if you're on Twitch, <laughs> bro. Gotta be careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but AR, you you can still see everything that's going on, but it's just little things that add on to the world. You know, people got a little taste of Pokemon Go, but I'm I'm trying to take it to that next level, like Dex is talking about. And if you get the right developer behind it, you never know. You never know what you could do. It, it's just all about taking risks. And I feel like gaming for a while, even last gen, you know, what we were getting is either the same game every year or similar games with, here's my take of it, and I changed this. And what made gaming great last gen was the diversity of the styles and the types of games and how developers took risk. And I think that that's where we need to get back to. 
and even if you flop with your first iteration of it just grow on it like i still wonder sometimes like why Crytek is not working on a rise too they can build on that so great oh my goodness man there's so many ways you can grow on that right so th these are the things that hey if they capitalize on it man the money's there they want the money anyway but they got to realize it takes the imagination to get to the money so now that they got that type of play with it where they have this other technology they can implement why not take the risk i mean you took the risk to bring that technology there just fully flush it out don't don't do it like connect where now my connect is just like me giving my xbox orders when i want to cut my xbox on without my controller when i walk into the room i'm not sitting here like doing anything other than that Yeah, and it's it's cool because it, we see that we're at the, the point of a renaissance almost in gaming where people aren't going to put up with the same repetitiveness. You know, people aren't going to purchase these games if all you're going to change is you're adding an exoskeleton, you know? Mm -hmm. I think, and it's weird, as, as much as I dislike associates at my job getting on pokemon go and being distracted from work it, it it speaks volumes to like the droves of people that did it in the the diverse ways that you can really change how people approach uh being social through a medium that is highly considered something for introverts and things of that nature mm and they're just i think like you said they're on the verge of a renaissance that if they approach it properly much kind of like the impact that we had culturally like they this can have a bigger effect and and be more prone to have longevity because of even how you said with the samsung like people come in to the store no intent on buying it they just want to know about it touch it see it and the samsung vr compared to some of the more robust vrs is not that great but they still walk out wild by the demo every time they're like oh wow this is, yeah. i completely understand like yeah it's you because because you feel it you know and that's that's the thing people were at the point where We've been we've grown up with tech, you know. Yeah. We we've seen what tech can be. We see what tech is going to be, and we just want, you know, we want that tech. You know, we want it to be a part of our everyday lives. We want it to slide in conveniently, you know, when we want to utilize it. Um, everybody has a cell phone on them. That's why, you know, like you said, Samsung. They have the Samsung VR. You grab your VR headset, and now you got VR gaming. All you need is your phone. But, you know, innovation, little things like that. Yeah, it may not be the best display, but imagine five years from now. You know, a lot of people are saying that mobile gaming is going to be the future of gaming. Um, and when we get to that point where the technology is that advanced, where, you know, a cell phone is going to be able to run, you know, 4K quality games, you know, that Samsung oh VR gosh. might be the, 
you know that might be what everybody's playing you know it makes these consoles may become obsolete and they may transform into cell phones you know so that's hard for me to call because when i see a mini original nintendo selling out it's really hard for me to wonder if there won't be a market for consoles like i feel like there might always be a market for them perhaps but maybe not though. there might be more than one implementation to a console like nintendo could potentially be onto something like your console is a console but it can be on the go you know that there's so many missed opportunities that i don't know if they're even thinking about doing some of the things that i see that are just in plain sight for for one thing with the vr you know they have these great shows coming out everything we've talked about today can essentially be mixed together so imagine season three of stranger things right let's say you have a favorite character and they come out with a vr game that you're in the upside down realm that if you like globally the results of how bad people play could be the result whether a character lives or die on the following season like make you, make you an integral part of a tv show through the connected vr reality of that show and i think that there's so many ways they can approach these things but they don't want to cross pollinate with technology and, and shows and i think that's especially with vr that's a missed opportunity i would love to say hey i had a part in in deciding a character's fate on stranger things 3 because i played this level and got a great score and he survived or she survived mm -hmm. or you know you're gonna have your trolls that are gonna be on websites blogging about how they 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 did poorly on purpose so they can get this character killed <laughs> and so that's where i see the technology going but i don't know why they're not doing that I, I feel like that's the next logical step because we're so invested in these shows we love these characters we love this tech all that is left is for them to mix it and do it appropriately i feel like there's definitely especially with shows of those genres or like with westworld the ability to do it perhaps maybe not with atlanta or, or whatever but you know things where it's sci-fi orientated and you can actually create a, a universe that people can have an effect on I, I think that's the future and i just don't understand why they haven't kind of dabbed or experimented with it soon very yeah. soon well man that was this was a great great talk i mean all three objectives were complete i believe that means we have completed our mission or mission complete as some would say uh yes. great great talk guys i definitely definitely think this was a start to something special um everything that we touched uh touched on let's just recap really quick uh we touched on our current favorite tv shows that we're watching at this moment uh so we talked about some cool stuff from atlanta uh the walking dead the flash um Westworld, uh, a bunch of cool shows, so make sure you guys check that out. Uh, then we also touched base on the PlayStation 4 Pro. Um, as of right now, 
but just look at uh, the general consensus is we're more than likely going to wait it out a little bit longer, see where it goes, see what kind of um, advantages it may have when it comes down to uh, load screens, things of that nature, as well as the upscaling of the uh, picture quality of the games. Uh, and then the, also the VR technology, the PlayStation VR. Um, Again, we kind of want to see where it goes, um, how it advances, and also what other titles that we'll be seeing. So, overall, it was a good, good podcast. We just oh, we're getting a little feedback. Yeah. All right, I think we're good. All righty. All right. It was fun. Yeah, it most definitely was. Thanks, everybody, for checking out the podcast here. Uh, make sure you tune in to the next Mission 3 podcast. Uh, we still haven't decided on the subject matter. We don't know what our objective will be. But as soon as we figure that out, we will let you guys know. Uh, before it's we had It's loading? Yes. It is loading. Oh, I, all right. It's loading. All right. I, no, I'm like, what? It's loading. Uh, it's loading. I didn't say when it's ready, it's just loading. The, miss, loading. The, missing of, the mission objective is loading, so as soon as we have that data loaded, we will uh, send out the transmission for everyone to uh, to tune in and make sure you check us live. Uh, so before we get out of here, we're going to have everybody just shout out their social media, so we'll start with Vex, and we'll have KJ, then I'll do it, and we'll get out of here. Twitter, shout out Vexmillion, at Twitter, easy, B-X-A, M-I-L-L-I-O-N. Play Legit, Twitter, that's at Play Legit. On Instagram, at Play Legit. On Tumblr, at Play Legit. Uh, just at Play Legit everywhere. Every every social media that's major that you use, hit at Play Legit, and you will find me and you will find us. Word. And then you can find me at Corey Elijah on Twitter. Uh, and then my YouTube channel, Corey Elijah, as well. And then look for other stuff, uh, the podcast, as well as articles and other cool real talk and gaming news at playlegit.net. That's where it's all going down. Make sure you like and uh, favorite this show on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and anywhere else that you find this. Um, yeah, there's going to be a lot more of these guys. Uh, but until then, our objective is complete. Our mission is done, and we're out of here. Deuces. Peace. See ya.